Welcome back to the Suresh Podcast. In the last episode, we heard Guru Hargobind mobilized his troops from Kartarpur in Dwabba and headed up the Bias River along the riverbanks looking for a new spot to stay during the monsoon season. Chapter 27 now begins describing how Guru Hargobind, the nourisher of the meek, was staying alongside the river Bias to watch the beautiful waves flow. The text continues, the Bias River separated the two regions of Dwabba and Madardes, also called Madja, on the Dwabba side, the east side of the riverbank was lower, the land was lower. On the Madja side, it was higher up. Guru Hargobin saw the riverbank on the Madja side being higher up and desired to go there. So he called a boatman who quickly arrived. He clasped his hands together in front of Guru Hargobin requesting the Guru to come on his ship. They all climbed, the warriors all climbed aboard the ships. And then they went across towards the west side of the Bias River. So now technically back in the Madja region. Guru Hargobind dismounted and looked around that area. They found the highest ground there. And that's where Guru Hargobind sat down and looked around. Only on one side was there some people living there. All the other three sides, there were no other encampments there or villages. And Guru Hargobind understood this site as a good place to set up a city. This is the desire that came to the Guru's heart. So Guru Hargobind set up his encampment there looking at the beautiful waves of the Bias River. The, Dal, the army of Guru Hargobin also dismounted and set up camp, setting up all their tents. The news of this dismounting and setting up the camp here had reached that little village nearby. The people from there, they came to receive the beautiful divine sight, Darshan of Guru Hargobin. They all came from their house to see the Guru. Amongst the group was one called Gerar. He was essentially the mayor, the master of that little village. Everybody else there listened to him. He heard that Guru Hargobin came there and placed his encampment on the highest ground there and immediately had great apprehension about this. He had great doubt about this in his heart, thinking about the strength of Guru Hargobind, how he didn't have any fear at all of the Emperor Shah Jahan, how he had killed off many of the army in the Battle of Amritsar. He was thinking that Guru Hargobind would come here and start some type of trouble, like for what reason did the Guru come here? So this idiot was thinking this way when he came there, this idiot whose death now was approaching him quickly. In front of him was, was the Guru's court, the Dvan. Sitting there were all the warriors at the ready. Gerard had come there with great arrogance in his heart. He saw this court session, how everything was set up. He just couldn't stand it. He didn't even properly bow down there in front of the Guru. He didn't even offer anything. He just asked, Why have you come here? For what purpose did you come here in the rainy monsoon season? Guru Hargobind replied to him saying, I saw this elevated land from which you can see the beautiful waves of the Bias River and desire to stay here for some days so we can also hunt greatly in this area. This area isn't muddy, it's remained clean, so that's why we've come to this area. That guy, Kirr, he heard this and he just flipped. With some aggression, he spoke out in a crooked manner saying, oh wow, great, you're desiring to hunt. For the purpose of hunting, you took the emperor's hawk and in various ways you ruined your life there. You've now created such hate with the emperor. So how do you even care about your well-being? You've uprooted your house there in Amritsar, and now you've come here, and you've still not changed your manner, your nature. From getting hit, the wise usually learn from that. They understand what is going to bring them pain, what is going to bring them gain. The gurus before, the great ones, they all had a saintly disposition. They helped people. They all received robes of honor from the emperors before them. Those emperors, they bowed their heads to them daily. 
You've created this new tradition, adorning weapons, creating havoc. This isn't a good thing to do, to create all this ruckus, this havoc, going around killing people. Guru Hargobind replied, saying, I've only messed up things for myself, so why are you so troubled in your heart? If someone ruins things for themselves, only they suffer. So what's it to you? What pain or problems have come on your head? But if anybody slanders us day by day, they incur great pain on their body. The efforts, the endeavors of the Guru's house are always taken care of. They're always successful. And we will take away Raj from the Turks, obtaining kingdom ourselves. Gerard heard this, and he saw the disposition, the vibe of the Guru, and he just got up. He went back to his house. Meanwhile, Guru Hargobin ensured his entire camp was well fed. And with the warriors, they all ate to their heart's content. Guru Hargobin then asked Bidichand, In looking at this spot, I think it's great. We should make a city here alongside the Bias River. So we can always come back here and stay here for the four-month monsoon period. Bidichand heard this and clasped his hands together and replied, Oh, exalted Guru of the world, the entire world is yours. However, and wherever you are pleased in those spots, the people of that region have such great fortune. So from the exalted mouth of Guru Harubin, the Guru spoke out, Okay, let's not delay. The next morning, we'll set the foundation. And then we'll call many men, craftsmen, to build a fort here. With this plan, they then spent the night there. They got up in the usual time the Guru wakes up, so this would be some hours before sunrise. They bathed then recited Gurbani with concentration. And when the sun rose, after that they requested to bring some prashad. The prashad was brought and everybody then stood up for an ardas, a supplication performed by a Sikh. The exalted Guru Nanak, the exalted Guru Angad Devi, the exalted Guru Amardas who fulfills all desires, the exalted Guru Ramdas, the treasure trove of happiness, the exalted Guru Arjun Devi who fulfills all desires, the exalted Guru Hargobind in this spot desires to create a city. Please be close at hand, Angsan, always to be our protector. You are in all ways powerful, the giver of happiness. With your grace, these tasks will be completed. You are the protector of your servants. In saying this, everybody bowed down. Then Parshad was distributed. The drums of the army sounded off. The sounds of victory traveled through the air so loudly. The foundation was commenced, laid by Guru Hargobind himself. He commanded the construction of the fort around this area. They entrusted many workers to complete this task. They quickly came at the request of the Guru. And seeing how all the workers came very quickly, the Sikhs there were very pleased. They gave them tons of money. They called many people from around the cities and they began to set them up with a salary to begin building this fort. This news came to the ears of the Katri idiot Kerar and his worries in his heart grew greatly from that point. He was thinking, that they have now suppressed all my land, taking it. They've stolen it from me. They've taken over command. He was thinking, geez, no one had no doubt about the Guru's plan in this area. So where there were a lot of men working, he went there to ask the workers. So what are the routes, the roads here that they are blocking in this construction? And did they ask you to do this? They didn't ask me. And they didn't give me anything either for this. The people replied saying, well, either you know or the Guru knows. We don't. We are making a fort, the Guru will reside within it. It's nothing to us, the Guru is all-powerful. He doesn't recognize anyone. Who is going to be able to fight against them? If they do, they'll lose their life. They've already destroyed an army of 7,000. Guru Hargobind roams around like a tiger without any fear. 
amongst all those people, though, Gerard, he just spoke out without any respect for the Guru. He said, Oh, I'll properly humble him now, don't worry. How can he obtain this land? Does he want to live or not? Just watch now. I'm going to scare him, telling him that if he doesn't listen, I'll call the army of the emperor. So this arrogant idiot was just chatting crap. He didn't have any fear at all for the Guru in his heart. He was an older man. He had white hair, white beard. He was still relatively strong. He had a fat, big stomach popping out, a wide face, very large lips, but his eyes were tiny. He had a toti, kind of like a dress around his waist, which he was always fixing and tightening up because it would get loose. He had a very tiny neck. It was as if his head was just implanted on his torso. <laughs> he had a loose, long shirt, pajama with many strings attached to it. He had a large baga turban, which was also super loose, kept falling off his head. In his hand, he had held a stick, which he was using to help him walk. His heart was the house of arrogance. He thought no one else was equivalent to him, that he was the highest. He thought, well, the Guru is the same caste as me, Katari, thinking that, well, he's just a relative then, an equal, I'll treat him like that. But Gerard, he couldn't understand, he couldn't handle the Guru's actions. He couldn't let go of this worry he had in his heart. He was thinking, I'll tell him to stop, or I'll scare him off with the pain that will come from bringing an army of the Emperor. So, with this thought in his mind, he approached the Guru. He was burning up with jealousy in his mind for the Guru. He was burning up in anger as well. As he would hear the praise of the Guru, it was like somebody stoking the fire within his mind. And that's how chapter 27 concludes. In the next episode, we're going to hear of this meeting between Guru Hargobind and Kerr. So that's what we're going to pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who've been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page. Guru